This is Chris Brooks. Thank you for listening to this edition of Equip. Be sure and subscribe for free so that you don't miss an episode. For more information, visit our website, equipradio.org. Well, hey there, friends. Welcome to another exciting edition of Equip with Chris Brooks. I am absolutely thrilled that you've joined me today. Can you do me a favor? Strap on your seatbelt. We're going to navigate through the contours of culture, as always, with the lens of the biblical worldview on. But before we do that, let me remind you, this is the day that the Lord has made. He has given it as a gift so that you and I can rejoice and be glad in it. So let's do just that. Let's follow the words of the Apostle Paul. Let's rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say rejoice. Friends, today is going to be a really interactive day of discussion around one of the most important topics facing our culture, our society, and the church. And I want you to know our phone number because I really want you to join the conversation. It is 877-LIVE-675. That's 877-548-3675. First, a really quick update. Yesterday, I shared with you that... um, Uh, We are approaching the end of the year, and I was encouraging you to consider being generous towards our end-of-year budgeting goal. Many of you have already given uh, throughout this year, enabling us to be here to broadcast each and every day, and I am extremely grateful. Thank you from the bottom of my heart uh, for you doing that. And as I came to the program yesterday, I shared with you that we were approximately $7,000 away from our budgeted goal for this particular month. And that's okay because we got just about half the month left. Um, though that period is going to go real quickly with the holidays, Thanksgiving, all of those things. And so I asked if you would consider uh, being generous towards us. And I'm happy to report today because of the generosity of several friends that that um, deficit was cut in half. So a little bit more than that. So we are only a little bit over $3,200 now away from our budgeted goal for this month. So I wonder if you could consider, if you've not given before, I wonder if you could consider giving today a $50 gift or a $100 gift. If you could do that, call 888-644-4144. Now, obviously, you can give less than that, and and I'm so grateful for those who do the best they can and give what they can. That is such a huge blessing. But if you can give more than that, that would be awesome. The story of yesterday was really the story of just um, individuals who felt God speaking to their heart. And one act of obedience can change the entire story. One act of generosity can change the entire story concerning uh, a particular moment of redemption, a, a particular moment of ministry and opportunity. At the end of the day, uh, we raise funds, not just to raise funds or pay bills, but to reach people. And so if God should speak to your heart and you say, you know what, Chris, I hear you saying 50 or 100, but I can do more than please be obedient, uh, whatever the amount you can give. And uh, one of the gifts that we're sending out this month is a wonderful book, When I Don't Desire God, How to Fight for Joy. So how do you fight for joy in seasons where 
you don't desire God. Dr. John Piper has written a very practical, very heartfelt, vulnerable, but very real and biblical book to help you to navigate through those seasons where your emotions do not align with the truth you know about Jesus. When I don't desire God, we'll send it out as a way of saying thank you to anyone who supports the program today. So please dial 888 644-4144. With that being said, I want to dive into our topic today because it's a huge one. It's a big one. In many ways, when I come to this program, I'm bringing the topics that are most important to my heart and my life, not just as a pastor, but in many days and in many ways as a parent. Today, I want to talk to you who are parents of boys. I want to talk to moms and dads, grandparents, grandmas, grandfathers, those who love boys, those who teach boys, those who may uh, serve in ministries that care deeply for boys, because there is a crisis among our boys. The question I want to take up today is what's happening with our sons? Many of us have seen it. If you're raising a boy, in particular, a boy who has already reached puberty, a boy who is already either a preteen or a teenager, you're you're probably seeing signs of uh, the boy crises that I want to talk about. But I want to talk about it because if we're not careful, we'll think that it's unique to us or that somehow we have individually uh, been such a failure as a parent that we've created this crisis within our boys. Now, we can contribute to it. We can certainly make a difference. And I want to talk to uh, to you today about ways we can bring help and hope and healing to our sons. But there's something broader than just your individual parenting skills or what's happening within your four walls. This is what culture is all about. Culture is about measuring the phenomenons that are happening broadly from home to home, from neighborhood to neighborhood, from region to region. And when you talk about the crises among boys, it is so well documented right now that it goes beyond neighborhood to neighborhood. It goes beyond region to region. It goes beyond nation to nation. What we're talking about is really a global uh, crises among boys, what would be otherwise called a pandemic. It really has risen to the place where some in governmental leadership call call it the number one public health crises of our day. It's reached catastrophic levels, and that's not me being overly flamboyant with my language. That's not me uh, trying to uh, build some sense of emotionalism within you. This is me just reflecting the data that I've been reading over the past several days as I've prepared for this program and what I've noticed among my own sons and their friends and beyond as we've tried to navigate parenting and what it means to be a pastor who has so many boys that call our church home that we really want to care well for. I want to start with the research, but before I do, I'll just ask this question. Are you the parent of a son that has ADHD? Are you the parent of a son that struggle, that's struggling in school right now? Are you the parent of a son who is disinterested seemingly in life and unmotivated or at least under-motivated where you have to continue to push him and motivate him even now as he gets into his 20s? Are you the parent of a son who's addicted to video games? If you say yes to any of these, 
then what I'm telling you is that what you're seeing is not just the individual realities going on with your son, but what you're seeing is signs of a broader crisis known as the boy crises. Uh, Andrew Yang wrote an op-ed piece for the Washington Post not too long ago. It was in February where, where he said this. He says, the boy crises is the biggest problem facing America. Boys and men across all regions and ethnic groups have been failing, both absolutely and relatively, for years. This is catastrophic for our country. He goes on to say the data is clear. Boys are more than twice as likely as girls to be diagnosed with ADHD, according to the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention, and five times more likely to spend time in juvenile detention and are less likely to finish school. Unfortunately, he goes on to say, the stats don't get better when these boys grow up and they're in their 20s. That boys in their 20s are 20% plus more likely to be unemployed than their female counterparts. The leading expert on the boy crises in America is an author named Warren Farrell. Warren Farrell released a groundbreaking book in 2018 called The Boy Crises. If you've not familiarized yourself with it, you really should, because Warren was on to recognizing this well before many considered it to be a public health issue. As a matter of fact, he was the one who brought President Trump and his administration to a place of awareness to the point where they began to prioritize this as a national public health issue. He's gone state to state in many ways on this campaign of helping to build awareness. Now, I do want to say this, that as I give stats that compare boys to girls, this is not in any way an attempt to diminish the fact that we should be investing in our daughters. We should be celebrating our girls. But so much attention has gone to that in recent decades that it's caused us to uh, under-resource our boys, to not pay as much attention to our boys. And some would say, well, that's a corrective for all the misogyny that is a part of our history. And that might be so, but somewhere in the midst of this, we have to find balance because what's happening is that boys are falling behind in critical areas, such as reading and writing, which is which are the two greatest predictors of academic success. Boys, as I said earlier, are four times more likely to drop out of high school than girls. When it comes to college in the 70s, 39% of graduates were female, 61% were male. Today, those figures are absolutely reversed. Now, I'm not saying that I want less women to graduate from college. I want that. Again, I'm the dad of daughters. I want to see my daughters go to great schools, graduate, and know that they can accomplish anything. But I also want to recognize that less and less resources are recognizing the need for boys to get the academic success and help that they need because they are falling drastically behind. Boys are five times more likely to commit suicide. The suicide rate among boys is skyrocketing. Now, the sad reality is that suicide among our, our boys and girls that are teenagers are, are, are going up at alarming rates, but boys are growing much faster. And then let's talk about violence. I woke up yesterday, as many of you woke up yesterday, to the news of another mass shooting on another university campus. It's the University of Virginia. 
where three football students were were shot and killed by another student, another former student, rather, former football player on the team. You look up and you research mass shooting data, and what you will find is that 98% of those are happening at the hands of males. It's not females that are the face of mass shootings in our country. Yesterday, even in my own hometown, I woke up to news reports that uh, I live near a university, and the university was on lockdown because there were young men that were armed there that had a gun exchange, fire exchange with police, and there was uh, uh, a um, pursuit for them. This is what's happening in our country. The face of violence is the face of a son. The face of suicide, increasingly, face of a son. Face of uh, unemployment, the face of a, of a son. The face of ADHD, the face of a son. The face of prison is the face of a son. Now, I bring this up to you because I am convinced that in order for the good news to be good, the bad news has to be bad. In other words, we have to be honest about the diagnoses if we're going to take the prescription, the treatment plan. And I believe that God cares for our sons. I believe he cares for our sons and daughters. Over and again, the scripture affirms that, that Jesus loves our children and he fights for them. And I pray that we would be able today to tap into the solutions that really will bring about help, hope, and healing for our sons and daughters. So here's what I want to do as we prepare to go to our first break, because there's a ton more research I want to give you, but I also want to get to solutions. There are five solutions, five solutions that are common among the research that I have been looking at. From individuals like Warren Farrell to Andrew Yang to Rachel Alexander, who writes on this, to Glenn Statton, all of them have identified five solutions to remedy this. I want to give those to you. But first, I want to open up the phone lines to pray for your sons and your grandsons. If today you have a son or grandson that has ADHD, that's struggling in school, that's under-motivated, addicted to video games, you call now. I want to pray. 877-LIVE-675. That's 877-548-3675. Maybe you are concerned about your son and his future. Let's pray today. Call now, 877-548-3675. Make plans to be with me for the next Equipper Zoom webinar. Join me this Thursday, November 17th, right after the program. We'll be addressing the topic, the Christian and politics. I'll share ways that we can faithfully navigate the political process and keep our hearts aligned with God's purpose for this world. This webinar is a perk of being part of our team of equippers, our monthly partners. So equippers, check your inbox for an email from me with registration details for this free interactive meeting. Not an equipper and want to attend? Become a monthly partner by calling 888-644-4144 or online at equipradio.org. Welcome back to Equip with Chris Brooks. Many of you are calling in, grateful for that. Today we want to provide help, hope, and healing for our sons. And again, uh, let me just say this. I love my daughters, and there's so much of our attention on this program 
that is dedicated to celebrating, championing, resourcing, and caring well for our young women. And I want to continue to make sure we do that as a program. But today is a day where we have to deal with the overwhelming data that's presented to us that our boys are in trouble. There is a boy crisis that is affecting our nation in deep and catastrophic ways, to use the words of Andrew uh, Young. This is an economic crisis as well. I referenced uh, then-President Trump recognizing this uh, to the extent that he required that all of the agencies and departments that were under his control um, were to check their budgets to see what surpluses they had so that they can begin to fund a program that he called the American uh, making the American family great again, which was to fight against the effects of the boy crises. Um, again, I, I could go on and on on um, what is uh, happening among our boys, but what's the the cause of it? Well, the cause of it are the messages that they're hearing concerning uh, what it means to be male. They are overwhelmingly negative. And our um, assault on toxic masculinity, I believe that our culture has gone uh, too far to the extreme where there are forms of masculinity, and by the way, forms of femininity as well, that are dangerous and toxic. But what we've done is thrown the proverbial baby out with the bathwater and attacked all masculinity. So they're hearing negative, uh, negative comments or images or reports about men consistently, what it means to be male. They're not exposed to male role models, in particular at early ages. 95%, for example, of elementary school teachers are women. No criticism at all to women who are going into education and early childhood development. Praise God for you. But what's happening is that our boys aren't seeing those models because of divorce and other effects that come along with hookup culture and the sexual revolution. Many boys aren't being raised with their dads in the home, which, by the the way, is the number one issue that causes the boy crises. Where there are dads present, we don't see the boy crises present. This is the the bottom line of the work of Warren Farrell, the author of The Boy Crises, where there are dads present, we don't tend to see the boy crises. But where there aren't dads present, we do. Now, that isn't an absolute because obviously there are other factors. But by and large, that is the number one determining factor. We'll talk about that more later. But they're not seeing dads in a home and then... More social isolation. Boys today are more socially isolated than any other time in our history. So with that being said, what's the solution? We're going to talk about solutions today. We're going to pray for you as well. So let's go to the phone lines. Carla has been patiently listening in Chicago. Hey, Carla, thank you so much for listening to Equip. How can we pray for you today? Just want to pray for my son. He is 18 years old. He is not motivated in school or anything like that. Addicted to video games and also addicted to vaping. He does have his dad present, but it's just him. 
Yeah. Well, first off, uh, he's blessed to have you in his life, Carla. Thank you so much for loving your son, for caring for him, for fighting for him. Moms make a huge difference. Uh, I'm going to share some data on that a little bit later, but moms play a huge role in uh, in, in helping their sons. And I'm just going to pray. How old is your son again, Carla? He's 19. He's 19 years old. Let's pray right now for your son. Father, I pray for Carla. I thank you for her family. I thank you for her husband. But right now we pray for her son, Christian. We ask, Lord, that you would get a hold of his heart, that you would remind him that he's been made for a purpose, that you, Lord, would um, bring into his life um, other young men who he could see that are motivated and passionate about their future. I pray that where there's hurt, Maybe there has been trauma. Maybe, Lord, there's been so much disappointment that he stopped dreaming. I pray that he will begin to dream again. And I also ask, Lord, that he would know you, that he would know your saving grace, your mercy, and your goodness. I pray that you would touch Christian's life. Bless him now. And I pray that Carla would be committed for the long haul. She's his mom. She loves him. But she needs signs of encouragement. So I pray that you would send it in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. I appreciate you calling, uh, Carla. We'll continue to pray. And uh, please call us back with a testimony because I do believe God answers prayer. And I'm believing God for great things for your son. So please keep us up to date on that. Let's go to Valerie, who's listening in Middle Tennessee. Valerie has been listening and uh, super grateful for you, Valerie. How can we pray for you today? Hi, yes. Um, my son is uh, 16. His name is Stephen. Um, it's just a tough time to raise teenage boys right now. Um, his father and I, we just pray for his mind, um, his emotions, uh, relationships, his health, and that he'll be given wisdom and truth and love in a way that only God can give it to him. Mm. Father, I thank you for Valerie. I thank you, Lord, for her heart, for her uh, son. Lord, she's right. This is a hard time. But I praise God that we're not alone. Thank you that you are Emmanuel, that you promise to never leave us nor forsake us, that you are forever faithful. And Lord, uh, there are things that certainly Valerie laments, the ending of a marriage, the lack of a father present, But, Lord, there are things that you also can heal. Though she can't fix these things on her own, Lord, you certainly, uh, by your power and by your grace, can heal wounds and restore relationship. And so I pray, Lord, that you, for her son's sake, for Stephen's sake, that you would heal the wound that he's experienced, that you would touch his heart and his life, that you would redeem this moment, and God, I pray that you would save him, not, not just spiritually, though I do pray for that, but I pray also that you will rescue him from these uh, strongholds that are in his life and rescue him from the grip of this culture and the fallenness of this world. I ask this in Jesus' name, amen and amen. Grateful for the moms who are calling in. Moms, you play a huge role I was so blessed to have a mom who fought for me, a mom who cared for me, a mom who still to this day encourages me, a mom 
who prayed for me. And sometimes you're not even able to be as close to your children as you would like. And that, that's a heartbreaking thing. There are many moms who wish they were closer or had more access to the life of their son. Maybe you don't. But don't think that that doesn't mean you don't have influence. The fervent, effectual prayers of a righteous mom avails much. And I believe that to the core of my being. So keep praying, moms, because God hears those prayers. Let's go to New Hampshire. Uh, Greg is listening. Greg, thank you for listening. How can we pray for you today? Hey, this is Greg, and I'm actually in Albuquerque, New Mexico, heading for Phoenix, where my grandson, Carson, thinks it's not important to do homework anymore. He's 15. Yeah. Well, obviously, you know from the statistics that I share, he's not alone in that. Uh, and, And some would be tempted to just blow that off and say, hey, there's no big deal here. Uh, maybe this is just a season or boys being boys. But the reality is, is that Carson, your grandson, is a part of a, of, of a larger crisis that's happening among our boys. But what a blessing it is that you're driving to go see him. This is what rescuing our boys looks like. You know, some of you remember that cartoon movie, Finding Nemo, where the dad was willing to go on this great journey across the ocean to find his son, Nemo, who was lost. It's one of the greatest movies, by the way, on fatherhood that you'll ever see. I know many will blow it off and say, well, it's a kid's movie. Listen, you sit there and you watch that as a dad or as a parent, and I'm telling you, it embodies what this moment really needs. We need more Gregs that will go after more Carsons. Father, thank you for a grandfather who loves his grandson so much that he's willing to drive far to get to him. I pray that this uh, moment will, will mark Carson's life for the good. I pray, Lord, that he will hear his grandfather's voice and that it will cause him to feel so deeply loved that motivation will come back again. Bless Greg. Bless Carson. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. We're going to take more of your calls, talk about what's the solution to this on the other side of our break. We'll be right back. Hey there, friends. Welcome back to Equip with Chris Brooks. Grateful for you listening in today. Today we're having a very important conversation, taking up the question, what's happening with our sons? Um, Today, I want to bring help, hope, and healing to uh, parents who are raising sons, to grandparents who care deeply about their grandsons, to uh, those who are teachers, who are serving boys, uh, youth leaders that are serving boys, and you're noticing a trend of something's wrong with our boys. Well, the data supports that. Uh, What has broadly become known as the boy crises that term being coined by Warren Farrell, author of the book by that title, The Boy Crises, has now uh, been researched and well-documented as a global issue, a global crisis, if you will. Um, The reality is, is that it is being called by some the greatest public health issue facing us. Boys are 44% more likely than girls to drop out of school. 20% 
uh, more likely to be unemployed in their 20s. An astounding um, number of boys are committing suicide, and we know that the face of violence, mass shootings in our uh, country at this time is the face of young boys, typically young men in their 20s or younger. Not always, but that's the predominant face of violence in our communities. So how do we solve it? That's what we're going to begin to talk about now. I'm going to also take more of your calls. But let me just pause real quickly and give you an update. I want to say thank you to those who, through your generosity, are expressing God's grace to this program. Thank you, Lori, for your generosity. She's in Las Cruces, uh, New Mexico. Thank you to Cindy, who's in Palm Beach Gardens, Florida. Thank you to Michelle in Clinton Township, Michigan, right in my backyard here. Thank you to Carla, who's in Florida as well, and also Brandon, who's in Naples, Florida. Thank you for your generosity. Currently, as we stand, we're about $2,800 away from our budgeted monthly goal, and all that does is allow us to not only cover our airtime, but to begin to dream about the future. we got a new year coming around the corner, and there are so many plans we have of not only guests, but ways of interacting and supporting you. And so I really want to encourage you, if you can today, to make it a, a, a day of generosity. Maybe you can give a $50 gift or maybe a $100 gift. It's easy to do so. Maybe God speaks to your heart about doing more. Whatever you can, your generous tax-deductible year-end gift will help us to finish the year strong and begin to lay the framework for what will be a great 2023. Man, it's hard to say that. 2023 is right around the corner, believe it or not. But we do need your help. Here's the number, 888-644-4144, 888-644-4144, or equipradio.org. Uh, let's go to James, who's listening in Pompano Beach, Florida. Hey, James, thank you so much for your patience. Uh, what's your comment, my friend? Chris, first of all, I want to thank you, and I'm so grateful for your show. And uh, long before your first Zoom, I've been enjoying being an equipper, so I encourage people to consider becoming an equipper. My issue is with my <coughs> excuse me, who I had a call from the high school he went to saying that don't get too concerned, but we thought we might call you because he had an assignment to um, do so, you know do a project uh, and and do the research on uh, Google. So he did the project, and his project was how how to make a bomb. And mm. we we don't we don't feel that he's an issue. He seems to be very compliant, and he's he's just a loner. But. Um, uh, I was a miss, I was a single dad um, bringing up uh, my son and daughter. Forgive the background. Um, and my question is, or my comment is, I also was uh, in that category. Uh, took two years to get through kindergarten. Was suggested for special ed because yeah. I have severe dyslexic and, and ADD. In any case, uh, it seems to I've been able to uh, turn that scar into stars by helping others. And yes. I'm I'm just want to pray for my son. He is a he's a high functional. Uh, some people diagnose him as um, autism, but he's yeah. uh, he's 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 doing his own thing, making his own money, uh, surviving on his own as a independent filmmaker in New York City. Mm. So he you know I, he never talks with anybody. His mom, his dad, 
his sister lives near, so there is some communication with her. Sure, sure. Well, I'll do that. And James, thank you for calling in. Uh, you know, wow, you, there's so much in your story that um, I think speaks to the realities of, of our day. Not only your journey, and bravo to you for, as you said, turning scars into stars, uh, for not accepting that diagnosis. By the way, um, uh, that's much of my story as well. I could spend a whole hour telling you about uh, being told as a young boy that I had a learning disability, my mom uh, getting reports from teachers saying, hey, he's a behavioral problem, he has ADD. Um, this is uh, back when that diagnosis was popular or becoming uh, very popular, that he needs to be heavily medicated. And I remember how hard my mom had to work to get me into a school that um, could embrace who I was and help me to learn at my own pace and and uh, help me to learn how to channel all my energy into the right efforts. Who knew back then that I would grow up and be a pastor and spend much of my day talking? That was why I was so talkative in school and uh, be such a passionate reader and learner. And I had a mom who just hung in there. And many nights she was in tears, wondering what's going to happen with this boy, what's going to happen with my son. Uh, but she hung in there, and I praise God for it. And James, you're that type of parent. So, Lord, we just thank you for James, and we pray for his son in New York and that you would give him friendship and that he would have um, closeness because we need that. No matter how successful we are, we're not as successful as uh, not needing friendship and family. And I pray that there would be bridges of relationship built. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. So what's the solution to all of this? Let me give you five things that the research bears out. First, we need more boys who are dead enriched versus dead deprived. There, there are, uh, there, there's a lot of research using these categories, dead enriched boys versus dead deprived boys. Now, dead enriched boys have fathers who are present in the home, but not just present in their home, but active in their lives. Because what the research shows is that busy dads, and transparently, I'm one of those. I'm a busy dad with a lot of things going on in my life, and this is the number one red flag to dads like me, is that you can be in the home, and because you're so busy, not having enough time for your kids, that they still can fall into the dad-deprived category. There are also dads who are in the homes that are emotionally disconnected. Now, just because you have a lot at work doesn't mean your son can't be dead enriched. It just means you have to be more intentional. So the message to myself and other uh, dads who have full lives is that we have to be intentional and we have to make sure that we are connected enough to our boys that we recognize shifting, changing seasons. Not every season is the same. And so some seasons are going to need your attention more than others. And the, and, and the signals and the signs are there. The struggles will emerge. And those struggles are simply red flags to say, Dad, I need you. And let me just say this to pastors who are listening. Boys need dads more than they need youth groups. Now, I'm not an anti-youth group guy. I'm not, I'm not here to be a youth pastor abolitionist. But I will say this, that our sons need us as dads and their grandfathers more than they need 
youth groups. And a lot of times what the church has done is created a culture that unintentionally tries to fill the dead void with youth group. And it does not do, it does not satisfy. It does not meet that need. And so don't be surprised if your son wants you more than he wants youth group. That's not a referendum on the church. That is just the way God designed our sons. That's just the way God designed our boys. So let's not see youth group as a fix for all things. Second thing, this is another area that we're all learning and growing in, and that is that just like there's a IQ, intelligence quotient, just like there's an EQ, emotional quotient, there's, a, there's an HQ for boys, heroic quotient, or heroic intelligence. Boys were made for a purpose. And, and, and so many boys have lost sense that they were designed for anything purposeful. They were made to be problem solvers. They were made for conquest. They have wired within them a desire to be a hero, to be someone who accomplishes great things. And maybe that looks like uh, a passion for sports. Maybe if there's no other adventure in their life, they'll turn to video games and make no mistake about it. Video games simply, video game addiction is more often a reflection of what's missing in their lives more than a reflection of how great the video games are. If, in other words, in lieu of other adventures, they will turn to video games. But if they have other adventures, like going fishing or hunting or going out in the outdoors and enjoying that, if they have more of that, then what they will do is turn from video games and turn to the more heroic activities. But there's a lot that is documented on heroic intelligence. And again, I submit this to you humbly because I'm on this journey uh, with you, but yet the data is clear that boys who have more adventure, and there, there were a lot of mistakes made in the Boy Scout generation. And you remember, those of you who are my age or older, you remember how big Boy Scouts were. Obviously, their whole organization kind of blew up, and, and it's sad that it did. There was a lot of mistakes that were made. But what they gave boys were skills and adventure, and those things are things that boys need. They need mission trips where maybe uh, dads can go out with them. They need to serve alongside others. This, this helps to awaken their heroic intelligence. Third thing that boys need, and I'll stop with this one and then we'll take a break, is they need male teachers. The data is clear on this. We need to encourage our government to, to give scholarships, more scholarships, uh, to those who want to go into early education because the pay just historically has not been competitive en- enough to pull some of the uh, the best and brightest from fields like engineering or medicine or law. But we need that. We need to incentivize, in particular, men to go into early education. 95% of the early uh, elementary school teachers, rather, are women in this country. And again, that's no criticism. Thank God for the women who are committed to being teachers. But I also want to say, 
We need more men in the classroom and, and coaching as well. Um, coaches play a huge role of mentorship in the life of boys. So if you're a man, if you can teach, if you can coach, man, I, I got my first taste of, taste of coaching this past uh, fall. I got a chance to coach my son's football team and the impact of being with those boys for practices, being with those boys for games. Man, I was able to impact them in ways that uh, I were beyond what I expected. So these are some of the solutions, friends. We know the crises. We don't have to sit back and fold our hands and say, the enemy has won this one. We don't have to concede the victory to our adversary. We can fight for our boys. And with God on our side, we can fight and we can win. We're going to take our final break of the day. These are opportunities for you to go to our website. Social media is available to you as well. Equip Radio on Facebook and Twitter. We'll be right back. We all want to live joy-filled lives, filled with satisfaction in God. But that life is not automatic, even for seasoned saints. So what do you do when you're weary in the battle and you want to give up? John Piper's book, When I Don't Desire God, will energize you as you fight for joy and encourage others along the way. Ask for your copy when you support Equip this month. Call 888-644-4144 or go to EquipRadio.org. Welcome back to Equip with Chris Brooks. Grateful again for all of you who are listening in. We always are looking for ways to deepen our connection and to empower you to more effectively live, share, and defend your faith, to equip you to think critically and live compassionately. One of the ways we do that for our monthly partners and earlier James from Pompano Beach, Florida, called in and said, hey, I'm an equipper. And I think that's great. And so for James and all of our equippers, please register for Thursday's next Zoom webinar. This is an important one because in this Zoom webinar, we're going to talk about the Christian in politics. That is just the the header, if you will. That's the overall thematic focus. But under that theme, what we're going to talk about is post-election what now for Christians in four areas? One is the sanctity of life. Number two is sexuality and identity. As we look at our culture, our society, our own children, what's next for us in this area? What can we anticipate based off of the outcomes of this election? And how can we continue to have influence in this area? Thirdly, religious liberty. And then fourthly, education and parental rights. We're going to look at those four areas. Those are critical areas that the church needs to be aware of. And as we think about the political uh, impact of this most recent midterm election, there's some outcomes that we need to be aware of, but also some strategies we need to embrace. We'll talk about all of that. If you want to become a monthly partner or you want to register, call now, 888-644-4144. And I want to just say it with urgency, do it now because the opportunity to participate, the window is closing, and I want to see you there if you're a monthly partner. If you're not, you can become one very easily, 888-644-4144. Not a coincidence you're listening to us now. Uh, Why don't you partner with us to win this – this, this culture, one heart, one life at a, a time to Jesus. 
Call now, 888-644-4144. All right, I want to get back to these solutions, and I know there's so many on hold, and I won't be able to get to all the calls that I wanted to, but I promise you I will pray. I promise you before we go off the air, I want to pray. Karen, who connected to us uh, through Facebook, is asking for prayer as a grandmother. Karen, I promise I'm going to pray for you as well and for uh, Estelle and Gail and Day and Ryan and Sydney and Barbara and all the rest that are on hold. I promise you I'm going to pray. But I want to get to these solutions before I let you go. We talked about, number one, dads. They make the difference. How do kids spell love? You know the answer, T-I-M-E. Secondly, we talked about heroic intelligence. Boys were made for a purpose. We need to send them out on adventures where they can be challenged and use that purpose and see God using them. Thirdly, we need male teachers and coaches. Fourthly, women, you play a huge role. And here's what I'm going to tell you. The research shows don't talk bad about dad. I know there was a collective sigh when I said that, but don't talk bad about dad, even if he has a bad dad, because dad is 50% of who he is. You're the other 50%, but dad is 50% of who he is. He is already hearing an overabundance of bad and negative messages about what it means to be male. Just about everything paints males as bad in our society today. And that may be overcompensation for a whole lot of damage we've done and a whole lot of misogyny that was terrible and sinful that were a part of our history. But the overcorrection has caused boys to think already badly about what it means to be male, which has contributed to the sexual revolution we're going through right now, the rise of LGBTQIA movement and so much more. We could talk about more in another program, and we have talked about extensively, but we need women to talk well about men. And if you, as my mom used to say, can't say anything good, at least don't say anything bad. Fifthly, males need male friendships. So the more you can get boys involved in sports with other boys and activities with other boys, one of the worst things that contributes to our current crises is male isolation. COVID multiplied and exacerbated that reality. So let's get friendships going. I'm going to conclude with this, that men need Jesus. And if today you need a revolution in your life, you need transformation in your life, give your life to Jesus. Ask him to be Lord of your life today. Say, come into my heart. Be my God, be my Lord, and he will save you. It'll be the best decision you ever made. Father, please bless all these families that are on hold. Bless our sons. Bless the grandsons. Heal our a generation. We turn to you. You're the one who can do it. We say thank you and amen. Friends, I can't wait till we're together again next time. As always, remember, Equip with Chris Brooks is a production of Moody Radio, a ministry of Moody Bible Institute. Well, hey there, friends, Chris Brooks here with a question for you. How's your stress level these days? Is it stealing your joy, interrupting your sleep, and wearing you down? Well, I hope you join me for a conversation with Pastor Vance Pittman, where he shares about pressures in life and how he found enduring peace. 
Don't miss the next edition of Equip. Listen live weekdays at 1 Eastern, noon Central on the Moody Radio app or EquipRadio.org.